This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, Rattler Nation. Welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Right here, I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier and Marcus Green. Uh, doing it a little different tonight. So we'll we'll see, fingers crossed, that everything goes well with the show tonight. Kelvin, Marcus, how you doing, brothers? Doing great, doing great, having a wonderful day, and looking forward to a wonderful evening. I'm hyped, man. I just watched that uh draft, man. I love it, man. I think it's a great idea. I, I'm glad that Coach Simmons um came up with it. I think it's fun, man. It, it, it puts some um some some interesting um insight into some you know to the game. It brings excitement, man. I, it's fun. As long as people take it as that, um, I think it's a it's a good event. I really do. And I thought it was executed pretty good, too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Got to give a shout out to, um, um, you know, hopefully I I think you got it all right. Uh, Josh, Josh Padilla, uh, his communications group, um, Germany, um, you know, who was there. Uh, I I can't recall Germany's last name, um, but Germany did a great job. Uh, the, uh, the, The production team, Vaughn Wilson's production company, did a great job, Coach Simmons, the staff. Uh, just fun, man. Just a really, I, talk, we got a lot of things that we can talk about because so many things can come out of that. You know what I'm saying? And I think, uh, I, I think Rattler Nation will really enjoy. Uh, if that didn't get you hype up to want to buy some season tickets and the investing in Champions package, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. You might not just be in the football. I, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, or you got to hook up somehow some way to get free tickets. But but uh, all Rattlers and alums who can, I mean, that'd be a great uh, avenue there. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the 
the draft, uh, the, the spring football draft. Of course, uh, we'll talk about that and we get into a few other things just to let everybody know uh, we've got some guests, some great guests coming up in the show. Uh, Dr. Jason Black will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He oversees the FAMU eSports program. Uh, also an SBI professor. So shout out SBI one time. Also, uh, <laughs> you know, CI, I think what he spent some time in CIS as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to the to CIS. Um, and then also coming up in hour number two, we're going to talk to uh, Rhea Floyd, who is the director of special projects and marketing, also uh, part of the uh, administration or assistant chair cheerleading squad our cheerleading team and of course uh, miss floyd had a had a direct input on this draft that happened tonight so it'll be a great opportunity to talk to her uh I, i'm just mad fellas i didn't know they were running commercials did you notice they were running commercials hey man they they did it right man you know they pushed in season tickets they had a title sponsor with uh Tallahassee memorial i mean that's that's what you do man I, that, that's what i'm saying man i thought it was uh you know, it was even better executed than last year, and it's growing, man. And and I like what I see. I'm I'm mad that uh, I am I am mad that I didn't get a chance to to find out if I'd have known, I would have kind of looked into said, well, how much y'all running thirty second spots for? You know, can we can we get a can we throw in an ONG <laughs> can we throw in an ONG commercial? I think I could whip something up real quick, you know. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll, well have now to we think, know. Yes, now, now we, we know. know. We'll have to think about that uh, for for next year. I uh, want to thank everybody for coming in and joining us on uh, YouTube and on Facebook and uh, Twitter. If you're watching us there, um, appreciate it. Using a, you know, using some new software tonight. So um, I, I, you know, I was kind of nervous, couldn't really sleep all, all this morning. <laughs> I actually woke up, I, I, you know, cause I'm one of those visualization people guys. So I've, I've been playing, this show through my head since about five fifteen this morning when I woke up way earlier than my alarm clock. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, this thing goes off without a hitch. And so uh, appreciate the folks jumping in there. I can see them in there already. Uh, watch JDTV jumped in first. J Mac, Kenneth Rozier jumped in. Brian Starks, uh, Mary 305, Tamara T, Chuck Hunt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana and uh, Dwayne Sweet getting in. So I know there's many more that are out there watching. Don't be scared. You can come on into the chat room. Uh, It will be open. I'm sure it'll get more interest. Oh, Dr. Lori's in there. What up, fam? Dr. Lori's in the house. So got to give a shout out. Bull Bull checks in. So, hey, uh, the, the, you know, the family is in the house. So let's get, uh, Let's get right into it, guys, in this opening segment, which we like to affectionately call the uh, Rattler Roundup because we got some championships. To yes, talk sir. We got some championships to talk about. Right. As my man Kofi, as our brother would say, what is it about, Kelvin? Championships. It's about championships. It's about championships. That's what it's all about. Uh, so we got to give a big shout out. Congratulations to Coach Nikki and and her team. Uh, hopefully, you guys had a chance to check out the interview we did last week. Uh, just kind of a really great conversation with Coach Nikki, leading into 
that contest. And, and of course, they uh, they went out and handled business against uh, Prairie View, winning 4-4-0, doing what they do. Um, and, you know, I in doing a little research, guys, a couple of interesting things came up. Uh, one, this is the first FAMU regular season title since I was on the yard. That's how long. Women. 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 Okay, thank you. Let me clarify. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Women's. I, I did forget, even though we don't have a men's program, we did have a – now we did have a men's tennis program. Uh, but in terms of women, it's the first conference title since we were in the MEAC and won in 1997. Mm. Uh, we also won in 91, 88, and 87. Uh, and I think they didn't start competing – on the women's side until about 85 or 86. So, you know, we, we jumped out uh, and won some titles very early in those years. And uh, it's also kind of interesting to note in the SWAC uh, going unbeaten is not new uh, because they're in, in doing kind of a little back research. Uh, it's almost like mandatory. You, you, if you're going to win the regular season, you have to go unbeaten. Because I think of the last five years, four to five years, uh, the, the regular season champion went unbeaten. I mean, there was one year, I think last year or the year before, where they went tied. Uh, so, uh, Kelvin, what's uh, what's your thoughts here on our women's tennis uh, team getting that, uh, getting the dub and bringing a trophy home? Celebrate good times. Come on. Is a celebration, man. Coach Talk came on the show, you know, and I, we asked about not losing focus and so forth because this is a young team and um, you're handling business, and they dominated. I'm looking at the scores of these matches. I mean, not even close. Not even. No, no, no. It wasn't. They, they were. You could tell they were focused, and um, you know, like Coach said, you know, they hadn't done anything. They hadn't finished anything yet. They, they hadn't got no hardware. So now they, they. They finished the regular season in the conference undefeated. And um, that's something to be celebrated. And now, you know, they, they get ready for the uh, championships coming up. And uh, they go back to New Orleans. And hopefully they'll win a tournament so that they can go to the NCAA. But I'm very proud of Coach Nikki and her team. Um, it, you know, if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Uh, they, they went undefeated. And they did it with what three freshmen and three sophomores, so uh, and, and mm-hmm. so I mean, it's, it's impressive, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good job, and and the only thing I want them to celebrate and enjoy this, uh, and, and and um the tournament. But then I want to see that growth. I'm gonna get greedy now, <laughs> mm. for for you know this this team with being this young and this and having this success early, I want to see them continue to grow and get better and better and, and keep that home hunger. But I'm mm-hmm. excited, man. Yeah, what's uh, your your thoughts, Marcus? Well, I think it bodes well for the future. And I think Coach Nikki mentioned last week they only have one, I believe, graduate student on the roster. So in terms of all of this being accomplished by underclassmen, and if we can get another talented player or another talented student athlete to fill in for the grad student, then it just keeps the pipeline going. So. I'm proud of that. And I think it's, we mentioned it last week that the spring sports are just doing it big. So it's just continuing on and you can see a championship trajectory 
for a trajectory, I'm sorry, for a lot of the teams, whether they're on the cusp or they've been close within years past. And it just it's just boding well for our second year in the SWAC. So I'm excited overall for the program. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned in terms of the, the eight young ladies, uh, Claudia Sumaya is the grad student. And everybody, and then we have uh, one junior uh, on the team, uh, Susan Salinas, and everybody else, freshmen and uh, freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. Yep. With without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, and uh, yeah, we right there, right there with you, uh, right there with you, Bull man. Uh, I'm telling you, my man Kofi would have he he would have he yeah. would have enjoyed this one. He would have yeah. he would have enjoyed this one, man. Um, I, I feel like that's sort of the that's that's sort of the the sun shining on all of this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Kofi yeah. was a tennis guy, and uh, he you know he 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 was uh, very cautiously uh, optimistic early on, you know, and then they just kept winning and. You can kind of see that that sheepish smile on his face a little bit. The, the couple of times I mentioned it, I just kind of ribbed him. I'm like, Kofi, you're gonna have to give these ladies some love. He was like, Yeah, they doing it. They doing it. Okay, okay, you know. And so uh, it, it's just uh, uh, really sweet to kind of see uh, this team kind of accomplish what they've uh, accomplished. So uh, now they'll, you know, obviously they played uh, against Florida State. And that, that's sort of the next progression for this team, right? This team is winning those mid-season or mid-week contests, non-HBCU contests, for lack of a, uh, a better word. Um, you know, because I think overall the record is like 9-12. and 12, And so, you know, that's obviously 12 matches that they've, that they've lost. But, you know, hey, you, you win the SWAC and you get a chance to go to the NCAAs. And then for a young team – it just continues to build confidence, right? So uh, that that's what uh, that's what'll be really exciting to uh, to watch. Um, Brian, I, I think it's important uh, those midseason games. Uh, I mean, those midweek uh, tournament uh, that we do play are important um, because it it gives them a different level of competition um, and something to compete against to aspire to. Now, I will say some of those programs like uh, the Power Fives, you know, with those ranked players and, and indoor facilities and so forth, uh, you know, that, that's tough to to uh, overcome the difference in budgets and so forth. But, you know, not those those mid-majors, those, those Troys of the world, those Stetsons of the world, you know, those Mercers of the world, those, you know, yeah, we, we want to try to get to the level where we consistently are, are, are beating them also. So, you know, we just got to continue to support the program, number one. And yeah. um, and, and our mantra, do more and more. Yeah, there, there it is. I mean, that's 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 what it's all about, um, doing more with more. Uh, let, let's Before we talk about, before we jump over to the draft a little bit, got to mention another, you know, we want to talk, we always got to mention winners. And we were winning we got to talk about winning and winners first. So shout out to the uh, Rattler uh, women's track program, track team, who went up to Albany, Georgia over the weekend and took first place overall in the Alice Coachman Invitational. Uh, they had eight podium finishes and finished first overall as the high, and is their best finish of the year. Um, 
you know, Iyana Dixon, Karen Odemene, Preston Loggins uh, highlighted uh, first place finishes uh, for FAMU. But when you went and go and look at the total points, uh, total points, they were they were pretty dominant uh, in the total points in this competition uh, or in this meet, rather. And I think the also should be noted. Uh, let me see if I can pull up. I pulled it up earlier where they finished. So they finished uh, with 111 points. Uh, well, you know, 40, 50 points over Albany State, who was in second place. Um, you had schools such as Tuskegee, Fort Valley State uh, competing as well. Over on the men's side, the men finished third overall. Uh, just 10 points behind Albany State with 82 points. Uh, Columbus State took first with uh, 119 points. But uh, overall, like I said, it's uh, it's a good showing. And I, I think it might be the, the last. I don't know if they have one more. We'll kind of talk about it later. They may have one more meet before the SWAC tournament. Um, but... Uh, Good job. Good job by the by the women's track. Anything you guys want to jump in there and add on track? No, other than to say that they, they um, you know, anytime you can get a, a, a victory, that's a good thing. That's what we want to, um, you know, encourage that. I mean, new coach, new, you know, new teams, you're still building, obviously. Um, you know, that – Particular tournament um, was more the two squads. Some place in, but yeah, you know, Will Gainesville, and then go to Jacksonville on the twenty eighth. Okay. All right, uh, so that's uh, so that's what's up. Um, all right, so uh, let's let's get into talking a little bit about uh, that uh, that uh, that draft, that football draft. While we while we have some time, and uh, and of course, you know, Commissioner Commissioner Willie Simmons was doing his thing up there <laughs> <laughs> at the podium, uh, and uh, again, uh, we'll get a chance to talk to uh, Rhea Floyd in the second hour about how all this came together, but uh, an outstanding job here. And so, you know, Kelvin, we had a chance to kind of break down some, or at least pay attention to some of the, some of the top selections. And so, you know, as we look at, just in case you guys missed the top 10. Now, again, you have an orange and a green, Obviously, somebody gets the first overall pick, and then it kind of goes two picks, two picks, two picks, you know, almost like a snake draft kind of thing. So, um, the number one overall pick. Now, I saw – did you see the poll by Coach Simmons earlier in the day? Did you guys have a vote on it? Did you vote on it? I did. Yeah. Okay. So, I believe the poll was – he put uh, Jeremy Musa, Isaiah Major – Kamari Stevens and other, I, I believe. I would, I, I would have, I would have been, I, w- I would have got the part. I would have got the money because that's who I chose number one. 
You chose Steven. Marcus, yeah. did you see the poll? Did you vote on the poll? I did, and I picked Musa. You picked Musa, yeah. I thought I, they were gonna go quarterback. Yeah, I, I was I was I was torn back and forth. I was thinking, okay, is it gonna be Musa or Major? And then I'm like, nah, you don't really pick, you know, if you're gonna build you usually don't pick a linebacker, so maybe it's Stevens on a as a defensive end. Uh, but I, you know, so I, I was, I'm, a, I'm a bit surprised, but you know, I, I think uh, Musa, if I if I recall, Coach Simmons. Hold on, let me see if I I can actually. I think I just had Coach Simmons's uh, Twitter feed up a second ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like 60, 60 something percent of the people who voted had picked Coach uh, had picked um, Musa. Musa. Yeah, and then the next was was major. Uh, Isaiah, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going right here. I'm looking at Coach Simmons's uh, feed here. Yes, 60.3% chose Musa, 27.4 chose major, Isaiah major, only 5.5%, which means technically other, other came in slightly ahead of Kamari Stevens. <laughs> what does that tell you guys? What? Hey, look. I trust the coach. Nothing. No, nothing. You say nothing. <laughs> we drank the Kool Aid. We drank the Kool Aid of the hey, NFL hey. draft. Hey, yeah, it's, it's, it's the quarterback sense first. It, yeah, it's the sense of pick. The quarterback, you know, everybody know the quarterback. But uh, if you listen to um, both uh, GMs of uh, of the Orange Green team, which was uh, Latroy and uh, Ray Matthews, um, you could see the strategy right up front, and they were pretty transparent about their strategy and building their rosters and uh particularly the orange team which uh ray was the uh the gm for and they had uh um they actually had the offensive coordinator the line coach they had some offensive guys on that side but the defense coordinator i think was over there and they 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 really were all about the um line of scrimmage and that's that's what they would that's and they were consistent with how I think they went through like twenty six picks live, and, and um, yeah, twenty six or twenty eight, yeah. And, and and they were consistent. They 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 stuck with uh, physicality, and you know they didn't take quarterback to like what uh, teams. Uh, uh, you know, fan polls are fan polls. You know, it's a popularity contest. I did take away some things. I'm gonna let y'all guys get in first, but I did take away some things with, with uh, the strategy and some of the names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marcus, uh, I'll, I'll let you jump in. What What are some of your your thoughts here as you look at the top ten, the strategy, any 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 tells or anything that you know? Obviously, we know this is all talk, but but any tells? I think there might be some things worth talking about. But uh, what do you got? Um, I did not see the full draft, but just looking at the top 10, if I'm looking at the top six and other than Jeremy Musa getting picked, it seems like they're almost reacting. I wouldn't say there's a strategy to it, but almost a reaction pick on me. Kamara Stevens goes number one for the orange. So, okay, so you got to get offensive line for the green to block him. Mm -hmm. If the green gets Isaiah Major, if the green team gets Major, then, okay, you get another offensive line or get an offensive lineman to handle him. And then Jordan Moore and Jeremy Musa don't necessarily pair up. But just looking at it from that standpoint, I mean, you can see they, they went a lot he- heavy on lines on both sides. The first running back wasn't chosen until the 10th pick. 
And ironically enough, it's the team that probably, well, Gabriel's uh, on the offensive line, but it looked like there were two offensive lines taken by the orange team, but yet they didn't draft a, a quarterback. I mean, uh, running back. So it looks like some of them were, I'm assuming, talent-based as well, based on showing in camp, but also reactions to the previous pick. So you're not leaving yourself vulnerable to a veteran or or talented player on the other side, and then they come back and get somebody who would be able to counterbalance him. So that was wise to kind of pick based off of the previous pick, at least to make sure your, your offensive line and your defense, you don't leave yourself vulnerable. Yeah, I, I I think if you were, you know, you could almost look at this in the way which somebody might look at an expansion team. And we've we've heard this, if you paid attention to expansion drafts uh, or how you build teams when people do these mock, uh, you know, hey, if I were going to build a team, well, usually you build from the interior, mm-hmm. right? You build from the interior and out. It, it's not sexy, you know, uh, it, it's not going to, it may not sell tickets, but it's going to win games when you get talented guys. And so I do think that you see two defensive linemen, uh, Stevens, and then down at number nine, Tyrone Gibson battles for the orange team. I thought that was pretty significant. And then the orange also drafted a pair of offensive linemen and Jalen Goss and TJ Lee. And then they got Jordan Moore. So I'm talking, when you talk about the interior, the orange is going to be really interesting to watch based on, you know, what they what they did internally. Uh, what's some of your takeaways there, Kelvin? And we'll, we'll uh, toss around some other observations that we talked about offline. So, I mean, a spring game is a spring game. Uh, I, I, obviously, the coaches, I think, take it very seriously and tried to balance, like you say, combination of talent and who's shown during the spring. And they did have some commentary on the players um, when they uh, selected them and, and the players were able to come and, and say a few words too. Um, Musa was in class. He had a class, so he, he wasn't there in person. But um, w- what I noticed that what stood out to me is how many transfers are in the top ten. I'm coming mm-hmm. there. How many are there? Uh, the only homegrown. Right? Yeah, Kamari. No, maybe, no, the only Kamari home, and the, TJ Lee. The, the only ones who actually came in. I'm talking about came in as freshmen. Okay. Uh, is what TJ right? No, Kamari Stevens. Kamari Stevens and uh, TJ Lee. No, he a transfer. Kamari is a transfer, right? No, no, he came in from Sandalwood. I think it was class of 2019. Okay. Okay, yeah, well, it's only two then. So, so that that was that that kind of stood out to me mm-hmm. how we supplement how we supplemented um what we recruited with uh, the transfer reporter, the impact it's had, and what and what the coaches think. Uh, I think um in terms of uh what we are, I also noticed what what stands out to me is um experience, right? Mm. Yeah. Even with even with the new guys, everybody's seen juniors and seniors done played a lot of ball. So obviously they went with talent as well as experience. So those two things that stand out for me. Uh, the, the first thing that came across my mind and I was driving home as I'm watching 
this draft. Uh, don't 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 do that at home, folks. I don't recommend uh, it. Uh, yeah. So, um, but when I saw, yes, big no no. Don't do that. Don't recommend doing that. But anyway, as I'm as I'm as as it was on, um, Jaquez Yant with the number ten pick, uh, going top ten. Boy, yeah. look, six two. 235 is what he's listed at on the website. And he looks every bit the part. I mean, I thought it was a linebacker. That, I mean, he, <laughs> he is about as big as a linebacker. I mean, yeah, I mean, he yeah, is. There ain't no he about he, He's bigger than and I started linebackers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so, big so when you look at him, and I was like, yo, who's got the. And I think the comments. I saw everyone from Scotty, even Dr. Robinson was commenting like, yo, I do not want to be on the other side of trying to tackle that guy. Um, and, you know, I, I was kind of at first curious. I was like, man, Yant, Yant was picked over Jennings, which is telling you, yo, Yant must really be impressing. Or, you know, I, or, or look, there's some guys who may be hurt. So I don't right. know if, you know, right. so I, like, for example, General Hunt. I think if if Gentle Hunt is healthy, I gotta believe Gentle Hunt's one of the top ten in this pick. But right, he's, right, he's, not, he's, not 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 that's right. That's an important point. Not everybody is available for the spring. The for precautionary reasons and, and other things, mm-hmm. there there are some guys, some returning guys, who are not going to be participating. So that gave you know the ability of some of these new guys to to get a little more time and exposure. Yeah. Um, but that, that was one thing that was pretty interesting. And then also a little bit later, and I don't know, I don't have the exact number. Um, so anybody, you may have it, Kelvin. I know you were chatting. But um, Trey Fisher, uh, so very surprised that he was the number two quarterback taken. Okay. That was a little surprising to me. And then his size. I mean, he's only 5'10". I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I've. I, I, you know, I hate to say this. I mean, he looked only a couple inches taller than Germany. Uh, and I, I've met Germany in person. So she, she's about about five, eight or so. But I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, wow. He's, he, he's, he, not he, a, he's not he's not a big guy, but but he he is a coach's son. He does have a good IQ. And he's more athletic than you would think. If you if you, if you watched him play in high school and if you watched him um, some last year when he had his opportunities, and, and practice and scrimmages and stuff, you could tell that potentially he can move with the with the talent around him. He can the team can move, and I, I believe him being the first second quarterback taken um, opposite Jerry Moose on the other team. I believe that uh, the staff believes that, and there was a reaction when he got picked too. By the way. Oh, that yeah. was surprising. The, 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 yeah. the locker room kind of got loud, right? Yeah. You know, so that was, he had the most reaction out of everybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's good. We'll we'll break down a little bit more. Hopefully sometime this evening while we're doing our show, the full rosters will be released. We heard Coach Simmons say, uh, I think they ended the draft at about 7.30, so they were going to finish putting the rosters together. Obviously, they wanted to balance out things uh so that you didn't have an overload so they probably had one of those situations where you can only just select the max number of once you hit a max it switches over so we'll kind of uh if that gets released during the show we'll kind of 
hopefully break that down, but it will be available tonight uh, to, to, uh, to view. And then, uh, you know, obviously don't, don't forget the, uh, the orange and green game is tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's two o'clock or sorry. I'm sorry. Saturday. I'm, I'm already ready to get on the road and get to Tallahassee uh, Saturday. And I believe it's two o'clock, not two thirty. Is that correct? Uh, what I saw was two. We'll, we'll confirm. Okay. Earlier real, in the week, real, real can confirm it when she comes on. All right. Because last week they were promoting, you know, said graphics that you see there, which said two thirty. So it's possible they they moved everything up. So, um, all right. Uh, let's get ready to take a break. Quick couple of minutes, and uh, we'll talk to uh, Doctor Black on the other side. Uh, you guys hanging there with us. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. <laughs> Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, it's a pleasure to be joined by Dr. Jason Black, uh, who is the uh, advisor, or maybe you want to say coach, of the uh, FAMU eSports program. He's also an associate professor, uh, information systems and information systems. And 
operations management. I was paid to make sure I said all that correctly. Dr. Black also <laughs> also teaches in my beloved uh, SBI. How you doing tonight, Doc? Hey, I'm good. Glad to be here. All right. I hope I, I hope I got all the credentials right. Uh, you yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, you you are a man of of many talents, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I in doing the the research, I was like, man, holy cow! How did I not run into Doctor Black when I was on the yard? I mean, but I guess I would have been had to have been over in the CIS uh, building. So you yeah. you, I had a few friends that um, made that trek down the down the hill a little bit past SBI yep. there. Down, um, down in the dungeon, as we called it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you might be a little right. Um, but, uh, hey, uh, we, we appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, why don't you give us a little background on uh, how you got involved in uh, with, with the FAMU eSports program? Because eSports has, has really grown in the past few years almost to the point where it is it is a it is a a a a part of athletic programs i mean the swac actually you know has embraced it uh universities are embracing it along with their athletics um so so give us a little background to get us going yeah so essentially um to give all credit where credit is due the 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 video game club, which is what I'm the advisor of, was actually started by some students. So several years ago, back in 2010 or so, when I was teaching in the uh, computer and information systems department here at FAMU, I started teaching a game design track. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of students that were really excited about learning how to get into the field. Um, and this was prior to esports really being a thing. Um, but several of those students were interested in trying to get careers in the space. And so they approached me uh, 2012, 2013, and asked would I be willing to be the advisor of the club. I told them yes, but only if we could do more than just play, right? So we want to make sure that students are learning skills and they're also getting professional development so that they can obtain jobs in the workforce in the game design area. And this is uh, you know, not necessarily a path that hasn't been blazed before. We have a couple of graduates from CIS who are actually working in the industry. One of them is uh, Benjamin Johnson, who is a local Tallahassee native, um, but he is also one of the lead developers of Grand Theft Auto. So he has been working on with Rockstar Entertainment for over a decade um, now. And so he kind of led the led the path that we were trying to give the opportunity for other students to follow. So we started a club in 2013. It's grown now to, uh, to well close to 40, 50 members. Over 150 members have come through the club over time. Once students graduate, we keep them in the network. So while we have had the club up and running, esports became an, a, a thing that actually happened. Um, so now we've transitioned into uh, having members of our club also participate in many of the esports tournaments that are happening throughout the country, some of them even internationally. You already mentioned the SWAC has an esports um, league, but also the MEAC. So we um, started participating in the, the MEAC esports league before FAMU switched over to the SWAC. When FAMU switched, the MEAC was like, please don't let us go. 
I mean, please don't leave because we we need you all here. So we actually participate in both uh, leagues right now, as well mm. as the HBCU Esports League, which is a nationwide uh, esports league that consists of 40 to 50 HBCUs that are working in this space. So it's a lot going on in the field, as you mentioned. Yep. This is actually a huge revenue-making industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, last year the revenue, uh, the, the total revenue of the esports industry was uh, about six billion dollars, uh, and they're expecting that number to be even higher than that by 2025. Um, and so there are people all over the country, all over the world, that are participating, making money. In fact, there are teams that have revenue value of two two and three hundred million dollars uh as a team so there's a lot of money out there but we're trying to not only get students to get access to that money but to also learn the skills that they can they can acquire to be competitive in the industry wow wow go ahead kelvin so doc i know that um that uh the ncaa has been talking about um, making esports an actual um, athletic sport, right? And I know that there's a lot of sponsorships out there. Yep. Um, going into that, um, how, how involved are you with that part of it? And how do you how if someone wants to participate? How do how do you recruit people to be a part of your program just in general and in the esports side of it specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. So if we talk about the sponsorship side of things um, first, uh, just the revenue that has come in in 2022 from sponsors is about $8 billion. So there's a lot of money out there to sponsor not only teams, but also tournaments. Um, And so you see a lot of that money coming from computer companies, hardware companies, networking companies. Of course, EA Sports is one of the larger sponsors, Mm -hmm. along with Activision. Activision is the largest sponsor. Um, But then you also have your soft drink companies and fast food companies. And, uh, you know, there's basically everybody is in the space. So to kind of address your your question about tournaments and getting connected with the NCAA, um, there's kind of been a love-hate relationship between NCAA and esports. If you go back, uh, let's say 2015 or so, there was a controversy, as you you probably remember, when Ed Mm -hmm. O'Bannon from UCLA was suing the NCAA for his his name, image, likeness, which is what led to what we have now with NIL. Um, NCAA was was pretty um, aggressively fighting that. And as a result, they got rid of a lot of their NCAA games. So there used to be... NCAA college football, NCAA college basketball. They took those off the shelf because they didn't want to play pay players, right? So now, though, because of the money in the esports world, NCAA wants part of that money. So they have they have begun to collaborate with uh, esports and esports companies, esports sponsors again. And you're starting to see uh, a relationship happen. You're starting to see. Um, some of these games even coming back on the shelf. In fact, they're bringing back NCAA college football, I think, next year. Um, but one of the things that we also saw this year was, and actually last year as well, particularly with the MEAC, they aligned the MEAC basketball 
tournament with the MEAC esports tournament. So students got to travel to the basketball tournament last March in March. And while the tournament was going on, there was a corresponding esports NBA 2K tournament going on at the same time. Um, and so the winners of that tournament got to come out at halftime and be recognized by the NCAA, uh, the MEAC and the NCAA. So it was a really big thing and a really big opportunity for those students. Uh, to address the question about getting involved. So we're basically a campus organization. So we have interest meetings and we invite students to come out. All they have to do to apply is fill out an application, uh, give us a statement of why they want to be in the club and also get a reference from pretty much anyone. Um, and as long as they remain active in the club, they're willing to, they're able to use our resources, uh, which is our gaming lab that you see me sitting in right now. This is thanks to Dr. Friday Stroud, the Dean of uh, the School of Business and Industry, who has allowed us to utilize this space in SBI. Um, but the university is also working now through EIT, the, uh, the Enterprise Inf uh, Inter Information Technology Office. They're working to actually build a campus-wide esports lab that's much bigger than this awesome. that'll be uh, accessible to the entire campus. Right now, this lab is only open for members of the club, but um, the campus-wide lab is going to be up on the main part. Where we, when we were in school, what we called the set, it's going to be up there. Oh, the cafeteria used to be. That's yeah. what we're going to be putting the um, okay. new lab. So we're looking awesome. forward to that. We're in some conversations with that. Some of you may know uh, Keisha Walker, who is a former uh, FAMU fireball. She pretty much did everything when she was here. Um, and she she actually started an organization called Black Collegiate Gaming Association, mm -hmm. BGCA, and um, or BCGA, and she um, is working with FAMU to help to get some funding, get some sponsors for that lab, also get some games and resources donated from Sony and Microsoft. Um, so they're working now to try to build that out, hopefully by next year. So we're looking forward to seeing that happen on campus as well. All right. Well, well, we used to dream about bringing those Madden that those Madden games up to the set and just take over those TV rooms. Well, we used to dream about that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Nice. Uh, Marcus, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so actually, Doctor Black kind of kind of took one of my questions. I was going to ask you what interactions uh, Keisha Walker has had because I actually caught an old episode of his um, family today on. Series XM, I think it was from last November or so, and she brought down a couple of companies. So I was going to ask you that. But I guess one question to kind of go bridge the gap between esports and the conventional athletics, do you foresee any of the sponsorships that may come through from esports trickling over into the athletic side in terms of either uh, naming rights or some additional cash flow that may go to? Uh, conventional athletes as a result of the com the connections that you have with esports. Yeah, actually, uh, that's a great question because we actually get that question a lot from corporate sponsors that we talk to. So uh, usually, you know, I'm in the school of business now, right? So I, I've kind of learned the whole business mantra that, you know, when you are, it's all about networking and it's all about you know, seeing what you can do and you, you can't get anything without asking. Right. So when I talk to companies, I'm always asking about how you can partner with us and how you can help to elevate FAMU and and take us to the next level across the board, not just with esports. 
Um, and so one of the, the questions that we get almost off the bat is how can we network with the athletic department? So companies that are that are coming to talk to us are trying to see how to how to align what the esports groups are doing with what's happening in athletics to kind of build that pipeline where you can get funding that goes from athletics to esports and then vice versa. So I do see that probably happening. It's a slow process as of right now because, you know, ad, ad, athletes are doing their thing and and college students that are, that are gamers are doing their thing. So uh, but there, there are some conversations happening right now to see how you can bring those two worlds together. But I do see that happening. Like I said, when you're talking about, you know, eight eight billion dollars of revenue, uh, $200 million of media rights. This is money that's been coming in to the esports industry. There's going to be uh, hands that want to be a part of that on both sides of the table. So I do see that happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated at the the numbers and the, uh, the revenue <laughs> that's generated. That's like uh, head scratching. I mean, I, I used to think that college athletics was re- uh, recession proof. And I guess I got to throw esports into that as well uh, as the two industries right now that are definitely recession proof. Um, yeah. While we were talking about, you mentioned athletics. Uh, I know just recently uh, there were the Madden 23 and the NBA 2K3 championships on campus. Uh, it brings up last year, we talked to Donald Hall, Mm-hmm. Uh, FAMU football player who won the the Madden, uh, let me see, the 2022 Madden SWAT Grand Championships. Um, and uh, he, he when we talked to him, I just remember him talking about how much competition there is in the locker room among his teammates, you know, in, in Madden. So, and I, and I guess, so when you think about the broader picture, uh, what, what, what was sort of the results of, from this past weekend and do any of the students, I mean, where do they go next? Is there a, uh, I think I saw that the SWAC was hosting uh, a larger grand championships. Is that correct? Uh, where, where is that going from here? Yeah, so that's exactly right. So they, um, we, we hosted our campus-wide tournament uh, for Madden back on March 25th. Uh, and then we hosted our NBA 2K on uh, April 2nd. So the winners of both of those are going to travel to the SWAC championships. The the SWAC will actually pay their way to attend that. Um, and then the winners, uh, if they win at the SWAC championships, they uh, get a uh, $1,500 grand prize. And there's also some other things um, that they get as part of the champion. They get media exposure um, and that sort of thing. So yes, that's, there, those tournaments are going on, but the SWAC also is doing a lot of other tournaments. They just finished a Call of Duty Warzone tournament. They've done a Fortnite tournament. They've done Smash Brothers tournament uh, that recently wrapped up. We had four students from our club that were in the Smash Brothers tournament. Um, unfortunately, they didn't they didn't win anything, but um, they were they they performed pretty well. One of the things that we saw that was a good thing from the Madden tournament and the NBA 2K tournament was that the people who signed up and and came to participate weren't in the club yet. So that was an opportunity for us to reach out and get more students engaged. And many of them 
had said, well, we knew about it. We'd heard about it, but we didn't really know where you were located. We didn't know what you actually had to offer. So they were really excited about what they saw. And we're hoping that's going to help us grow the club and grow interest on campus around it. Um, but one of the things that we really do want to see happen more is see more women uh, participating. We don't see that yet. There's still a largely male-dominated genre. However, women make up about 30% of the overall esports uh, gaming space. Um, we're not seeing that number be 30% on campus yet, but we're hoping to increase that uh, pretty soon. Women aren't necessarily as interested in Madden as they are of some other games. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's a whole nother discussion. I, I actually do some some research in the gaming space. and We talk a lot about biases and stereotypes and, and how that keeps young women, especially, but also African-American students, that how it keeps them from wanting to go into that space. You know, we talk about ways to overcome that. And um, but but yeah, so we, we are starting to see some women starting to engage and join the club uh, much more frequently than before. And uh, we're, we're hoping that that number is going to grow even more. All right. All right. Go ahead, Kelvin. Well, Doc, I know you didn't come on here to do that, do this. And um, you, you came to talk about the program, not yourself. But I, I'm <laughs> going to make you talk about yourself because I've known you a long time. And yes, I know sir. you've been involved with STEM and a yes, lot sir. of, you know, research stuff and, and, and you know, you, you, you're a legacy guy. So, Doc, go ahead and tell the people because you know how family is. We, we want to know who we're dealing with. So just talk about your background, Doc. Sure. So um, my parents are Rattlers, right? They actually met here on campus back in 1950-something. I'm not going to say when, but uh, it was a long time ago. Um, and they actually got married here on campus. They married on graduation day. They walked from Gaither Gym, which is where graduation was, and then they walked into the basement of McGuinn Hall and got married and wanted to do that so all their friends could attend the wedding. Um, my mom moved, my family moved to New York, so I was born in New York. I came back. Uh, with my mom uh, in, the, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, attended FAMU High School. Um, that's where me and Kelvin know each other from. Um, but while I was there, I got interested, or actually, you know, when I came back to Tallahassee, I got interested in, in computing because my mother worked at IBM. So she all, we always had a computer in our house for one reason or another. Back in the day, in the 80s, they used to have this magazine called Computer World that, could, that you could have come to your house. And in the middle of the get in the magazine, they had games you could type in. And if you type them in, you could run them and they were real games. So I figured that out early. Um, and so I, then I would charge my friends to come over to my house and play my game <laughs> every afternoon. And I made pretty good, pretty good amount of money doing that. That was a our first job was doing that. Um, but that led me to go into computer science. So I majored in computer science here at FAMU um, under, you know, Dr. Humphreys recruited me to come to FAMU, gave me a Life Gets Better scholarship, which was a great opportunity. You got to get, get your fees paid, and you also got an internship every summer um, starting your freshman year, prior to your freshman year. So uh, I actually was doing working at research labs as an 18-year-old uh, out in Washington State. And one of the labs I worked at um, did a lot of work with graphics, which got me further interested in game, game design. 
Um, so I've kind of always been interested in that space uh, for many, many, many years. But what made me want to come back and be a professor was when I went to get my master's at Georgia Tech, I was focusing primarily on software engineering and noticed, however, that there was only one African-American professor in the entire department at Georgia Tech. And shortly after I got there, he left. So there were no black professors, no women professors in the department. And I noticed that that was a challenge for a lot of us who were in the department of students because we didn't have role models and we didn't have mentors that we could really talk to. So that inspired me to go ahead and get my PhD. I wasn't even thinking about doing that before I got to Georgia Tech, but then I shifted gears, uh, came back to Tallahassee, started working full-time on campus, running STEM programs. Um, so I'm heavily interested in STEM education and getting students engaged in STEM, um, working on my PhD at the same time, got my PhD, and then I started working in grants and, and primarily grants to, to get high school students uh, exposed to STEM. So we do a lot in that, in that space. We run a couple of summer programs. I work with a couple of other people that were from my high school, uh, Tiffany Ardley and Clayton Clark. They all, all three of us mm -hmm. graduated from Family High. We reunited, uh, wrote a grant. So we've been run, running this STEM grant for high school kids since 2013, um, which is we've, we've, it's about a $4 million project. Um, we've been really, really excited about that. So I use that to to also combine the gaming stuff that I do to get students excited about tech and careers in tech. Um, and so we, that's really my passion is really just trying to pave the way for the next group of people that look like me to come into the field and, and really make a difference because you're not going to get a full exposure of what the world is all about until you bring diversity into that space. So I'm extremely passionate about doing that. So, thank you, Doc, and I'm really proud of you and um, Clayton and Tiff and all all the baby rattlers. Y'all, y'all make us look good. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Man, if I if I had a kid, I'm have to send my kid to FAMU DRS. <laughs> all this, all these FAMU DRS, <laughs> FAMU high folks, I done met through this Greatness. show. I'll tell you what, it's this with Karen. Yeah, you're right. Tallahassee. How are you sending your kid anywhere else? I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but man, yeah, that's 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 what I'm wondering. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, Marcus, before we close the segment, did you have anything you wanted to to to, to finish um, or ask Doc? I did quick. I'll try to make it quick because I know we're running up against it. Um, I mean, going way back. I mean, even back when we were in the day, we're all Humphreys Rattlers. We used to maybe the formative years of of uh, the video game club playing fourth and inches if you had a Commodore 64 or even the first iteration of Madden. But I wanted to ask, where do you see the future of this going? Because I did see where a former NFL player, I think it's Andrew Hawkins, started a VR or created a VR NFL game. Yeah. And where do you see that going? Do you see with the loosening of the reins with the NCAA that there may be an NCAA version of that? And, and I guess to kind of tie to it, is there any correlation between what you're doing now and the recent announcement of FAMU getting $5 million to help to upgrade the technological uh, exposure and access for the South side? Yeah, so I'll be real quick. Um, VR is the future. So that is that is probably where all the gaming world is going to go. You already see it with Oculus and the, the different mm -hmm. headsets that you wear. That is where gaming is heading. Um, actually, 
I was at Georgia Tech recently uh, visiting with some students and they were demoing a suit that you could wear as like a full body suit and you can play a video game like a football game and feel actually impacts of people trying to tackle you as you are playing the game with this VR headset on. So that's probably where we're moving towards these foot, what they call fully immersive mm-hmm. gaming environments. That is the future, at least the immediate future where they go beyond that. It's a whole, it's just up to your imagination, but the world is open because technology is so powerful right now. As it relates to that grant that you're talking about, yes, part of that grant will fund the video game lab that I was referring to. Another initiative that's a part of that grant is to do some K through 12 education outreach. And part of my um, participation in that program is to work with students through the gaming space to get them excited and about gaming and technology um, so that we can get kids on the south side of Tallahassee primarily, but just in lower income neighborhoods, period, Tallahassee, get them excited about careers in STEM and uh, going to college, majoring in STEM and going out, going after that money that's out there for all of us. So. All right. Well, thank you, Doc. Yes. Hey, uh, Doc, uh, I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can reach out to you. And maybe if uh, if there are any summer programs, I know uh, we have a lot of Rattlers that might have some some students or some some kids, uh, whether it be in Tallahassee, maybe they want to send their kid to Tallahassee for the summer. Uh, I don't know, just give, give you a chance to kind of plug anything that you might have going on uh, and how can people reach you? Well, I just dropped my email in the chat. Um, so you can send an email to me if you have any questions about anything. I'm on everything. So I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Instagram, uh, you name it, uh, Discord. I'm on all of the places. So just look for my name. You can find me. Uh, the Video Game Club also is on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Um, so we're out there too. We have some videos of some of the things that we've done. Um, we have some highlights of some of the people who've won some tournaments uh, as part of our club. So we have a lot going on. There are some summer camps happening on campus. My STEM camp that I was talking about, we're actually closed. We, we just closed applications uh, two weeks ago. But there are other camps that are happening on campus. I also run a business camp in July that's a virtual camp uh, for students who want to learn how to run a business. And that's from third grade to 12th grade. So that is still open. Um, but there are dozens of summer programs. So if you are interested in finding out about summer programs on campus, you can just shoot me an email. I can send you a list of the camps that are available and uh, they have contact names on there and, and emails, et cetera. So hopefully we can get some students to come down. We look forward to it. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we appreciate your time. And again, uh, anybody wants to reach out to uh, Dr. Black, it's uh, jason.black at famu.edu. That's yep. where you can find him. And then, of course, uh, all those social media pages and uh, look out for the uh, the uh FAMU uh, esports team, and um, we'll we'll see if we can uh, bring home another championship like what Donald brought home in in a, in a sport. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's looking pretty good. The guy who was competing in our Madden tournament, uh, I think he won every round by an average of twenty five points. So he's pretty good. Ooh. So uh, it does right. look pretty good for us. Uh, we may we may have to have him on. We might have to go two for two. If he wins the title, we got a spot for him. That's right. So, that's so right. let him know. We got a spot for him right here on the ONG. We'll go two for two with uh, sure celebrating. Will. That's what we do. We want to celebrate as many champions and championships as we can get. So uh, we appreciate your time tonight, Dr. Black. And uh, 
Uh, all the best to you and uh, everybody in the uh, eSports uh, program and the video cl- video game club. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Thank hey, you. hang in there. Uh, we'll be back on the other side uh, after you. these two minutes with uh, Ms. Rhea Floyd. We'll be back in just a moment. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Marcus, and it's a pleasure to have on. Ms. Rhea Floyd, the Director of Special Projects and Marketing in FAMU Athletics, also the uh, sports admin for our, our cheer and spirit squad. Uh, busy night tonight. Uh, I, I hope I can call you Rhea. Uh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Busy night tonight as you were one of the, uh, the, the main people in, in charge of uh, putting together our uh, spring football draft. Uh, so first off, welcome uh, to the ONG, and uh, why don't you kind of just give us a little background on, before we get into talking about that, on just you, and uh, you are another Rattler by blood, and so just kind of talk about uh, your your role in athletics and, and just, you know, how you got to where you at right now. Um, hi, good evening, everybody. Um, like you said, it's been a busy night uh, so far. But uh, that's typically how my schedule is. Um, you know, if I'm home before nine o'clock, it's surprising to me. Um, so I don't take it lightly. But um, I am a two-time graduate of Florida A&M University. I started here 
um, with my undergrad in 2011. Um, and, and my undergrad is in health science, pre-physical therapy. Um, and then I continued at FAM to get my master's in sports management. And I graduated with that in 2018. So, um, so I've been stuck in Tallahassee, stuck at FAM since uh, 2011. And I love it so much. So um, best decision I've ever made. So. I'm sorry, I was on mute. Sorry, I was saying, where, 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 you, where were you from? Where, uh, what, what brought you to Tallahassee and family? Yeah. So I'm from um, Gulfport, Mississippi. So I, born and raised in the SWAC. So I was definitely a SWAC baby growing up. Um, honestly, in high school, knew nothing about the MIAC. Um, knew nothing about the MIAC. It came my senior year. And um, Brandy Tatum, who uh, she works at the Family Foundation, is also the head cheerleading coach. She invited me down for a homecoming one year because um, at the time I was trying to find out. I knew I wanted to go to school to cheer, so I was trying to find out like which cheerleading squad that I wanted to experience. Um, growing up, all I knew was like um, PWI cheerleading squads. And I knew about HBCUs because, like I said, I was a sweat baby. So Jackson State was like number one on my list. Southern um, Southern was on my list as well. But I came to homecoming in 2010 and got sold automatically. Yeah, it was no turning oh, yeah. back. It was a wrap. That's all it takes. <laughs> it was a wrap. It, it was no turning back from homecoming 2010. Nice, nice. Uh, Kelvin, go ahead. So you you cheered uh, at FAMU, and, and, and you've been working with the cheerleaders since. Um, a really big thing just happened recently uh, with competition. But I want you to talk about not only the last tournament, but just how cheerleading, cheerleading has grown since the time you came to now in terms of not just as a, as a sport at FAMU, for participation in, in the national tournaments and so forth. Because you all, we, we, we've won MIAT championships and stuff like that. But just kind of talk about the, the sport that you're leading and how, how it's grown over the last 10 years. Okay. So the sport of cheerleading has grown tremendously over the past 10 years. And I think one big push that has helped that's the sport of cheerleading grow um, is the Netflix show Cheer. Um, a lot of younger um young generation cheerleaders um growing up the little babies even like i work with the high schools sometime and the high school kids they watch the uh the cheer the netflix show cheer so on the netflix show cheer it highlights the first season highlights one big program um navarro community college out of corsicana texas um so it highlights their journey throughout the year and their big competition that they go to is NCA Nationals. Um, NCA Nationals is held every year in April in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, so seeing their evolution from tri the tryout process, how they practice, um, how they prepare for competition really like zones into what cheerleading is all about. Um, cause not only do you have to worry about competition 
at the uh, end of the semester. You also have to worry about football games, basketball games, um, and then being a student. So going to going to class, taking tests, exams. Um, so watching that sport just elevate from most people look at it and be like, oh, you know, it's just a cheerleader. They cheer at football games. They cheer at basketball games. You know, they don't do anything else. But then to see the evolution of it to the competition side of things um, just brings it to a whole nother level. Um, it was funny because we had somebody attend our practice um, last week when we were preparing to go to nationals. And she was just like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm watching a Bring It On movie because <laughs> that is, that's the behind the scenes stuff that you get when we're preparing for competition. Um, NCAA nationals grinning like uh, Mr. Roger said before it was just all about the MIAC um, competition when we were in MIAC but now all of those teams from the MIAC from the SWAC we've had um, they NAIA teams at competition like they've opened it up and broadened their horizon so so big for any and every cheerleading team to come and be a part of. And they have different categories. So if you don't think that you can go in and do like one full blown routine and you think you can do like a spirit rally or um, spirit rally, or just even if you want to do partner stunt, there's different categories that you can go in. So it's open to everybody. So yes, those evolved tremendously. All right. The follow up, just talk about the, the tournament. I mean, what you, the, the the what you all what our team participated in okay. and um and, and and your thoughts on on how we did I know we brought some hardware back with us yes sir. okay so we um this past week we participated in the NCA so the National Cheerleading Association College National Championship um it's held in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, every year, and it's a two-day competition. So you go down there one day, you compete, you wait for the end, you get your rankings, you get your scores, and then you compete again the next day. So you all year for, what did they say, four minutes and 30 seconds because each routine is two minutes and 15 seconds long. Um, so you go down there and you compete, and then, of course, this year we were – grateful to walk away with third place in our division um so we are the nationally ranked um division one intermediate all-girl third place champions um but seeing the competition evolve from this year to last um, from last year to this year has been tremendous um last year when we went to the competition it was our first year we really didn't know what to expect um, from the competition. We just knew like, okay, it's NCA. We go down there, we compete. So we were going down there in the mindset of our MIAC, MIAC SWAC championships, like with cheerleading. But when we got down there, it was a whole different horizon. Um, but one good thing that I can say that has been brought out of the competition last year when we competed there was only four HBCUs that competed. Um, this year, that number has elevated to 12. Um, so, and then at competition, we don't feel like, you know, it's our team versus 
granted, even though it is our team versus everybody else's team, um, we feel like it's HBCUs versus everybody. One thing that we started last year, every time um, the HBCUs went on the stage, we were all zoned into the computer, like crowded around watching and supporting the HBCUs because we are outnumbered at the competition. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody has those members. Everybody has that big fan base um, that they bring to them, that they bring with them to competition. But as HBCU, we have our, our internal fan base, um, but we also have the other HBCUs to rely upon. So yes, we compete against some of them in our categories that we are in, but at the same time, we are rooting for HBCUs over everybody. Um, one fun thing is like after, after we get off the mat, we'll probably have like, um, I think BCU came right behind us like 10 minutes later. So we got off the mat, we ran to the back, we, you know, celebrated us hitting zero, um, which is hitting with no deductions. Um, we did our little celebration in the back and it was like, okay, BCU is going, even though we were rivalries, we still went out there and we was in front, um, in front of them as they competed, like cheering them on one big thing, like our girls, when they competed, they hit like looking up in the stands and seeing like people with Jackson state shirts on, seeing people with A&T shirts on, um, seeing people with Alabama A&M shirts on, like cheering for the girls cause they completed a routine. Um, and hit the routine is like unmatched because like I said, we're all we have at that competition is the HBCUs. But yes. Wow, that, awesome. that, that's yeah, no, that's definitely that's love. Awesome. That's yeah. love. Yeah, and, and definitely Marcus, before I jump in, just to let people know, obviously uh Texas Southern ended up winning a national title in a category. Uh we we finished in third in a category. I think North Carolina A&T finished right in front of us mm -hmm. in that very same category. And then if I recall, I looked over in another category where I think Southern and Jackson State finished like third and fourth in a different cool. category. So, I yeah. mean, there was a lot of and, and it's a lot of HBCU representation, uh, which, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, great weekend for HBCU cheer as well as FAMU cheer, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, go ahead. Uh, well, Ms. Floyd, thank you for uh, answering that question. That was going to be part of my question about the proliferation of HBCUs in the cheering space, that you've seen that growth. But I wanted to ask a little something different because I typically follow recruiting for uh, FAMU sports for a lot of different sports. And have you seen, even though it's pretty recent and I don't know if any um, ramifications have, have happened yet, but from Nyla Clarington uh, appearing and having been mic'd up and then getting on various shows. Have you seen an uptick in interest in or recruiting, if you will, I guess, yeah, recruiting for FAMU Cheer as a result of her being in the spotlight recently? Yes. So we have seen um, an uplight of, you know, people wanting to be a part of FAMU Cheer since Naila's um, mic'd up video. But the funny thing is her mic'd up video um, was recorded in the middle of basketball season. But by the time it went viral, our first round of tryouts had already went through. Mm. So we were in the middle of our tryout process um, as her video was going viral. So you have 
a whole bunch of people like DMing our um, Instagram page, you know, asking how they can be a part of it. They're emailing our family cheer email, asking how they could be a part of it. But sadly, we had to turn away a lot of people because we had already completed that first part of our tryout process. But it has um, continued to go. It's funny because actually right before I hopped on this show, um, I had a friend from back at home. She sent me the uh, mic'd up video again um, from the Sports Center and was and was like, oh, Rhea, is this one of your girls? And I was like, yeah, it is. It's crazy to see like, that video is still going viral, especially mm-hmm. now during um, NFL playoff. I mean, in NBA playoff times, like it comes back up automatically. Oh, oh, quick, quick. Now, since you bring that up, do we have any FAMU Cheer alums in the NBA? Um, I don't think we have any in the NBA. We do have one in the NFL at the moment. Um, her name is Courtney Cador, and she is an NFL cheerleader for the New Orleans Saints. And she actually just completed her second year, and she serves as captain of, of that team. Uh, I'm about to get her on the Falcons. Can't be a Saints fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Saints fan too, so that oh, one gets so close to home for me. Two, two Falcon fans. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, so uh, Rhea, let's let's kind of transition to your other role outside of working with Cheer, and that's as director of special projects uh, and marketing in the athletic department. And uh, you, Coach Simmons gave you a shout out, um, made sure to mention uh, you today in uh, having a role in the, the draft. Uh, give us your thoughts, or I guess not only not your, your thoughts, but talk a little bit about the planning that goes into that. And uh, w- when that came to the table, you know, how much time was there to plan it? Uh, just, just all that goes into being able to put something together which was amazing i mean as much fun as it was last year the anticipation i'm not gonna lie the anticipation was even better this year wouldn't you say guys i would say the anticipation absolutely was even absolutely and, and it Couldn't wait. Up, it, yeah could not wait so talk a little bit about the uh all that 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 came with putting together the uh the spring football draft so the spring football draft, I can honestly say like all kudos, all all hands, all praise goes to Mr. Vaughn Wilson and his team and also our um, director of digital strategies and communications, um, Josh Padilla. They set the framework last year um, for the draft with it being our first annual draft. So moving into this year, we knew – what worked, what didn't work, what we wanted to clean up, what we could add, and how we could elevate the draft. Um, we met We met briefly after one of our um, spring football meetings, our spring football huddle meetings that we have with our director of football operations just to get a plan together. Um, so then we were meeting real quick just to talk about ideas and then – we called Mr. Vaughn. He was just like, yeah, I'm free now. Like, I'll hop up. So we we all, myself, Josh Padilla, LaTroy Johnson, and Mr. Vaughn Wilson, we all hopped on um, the Zoom. And we talked for about 30 minutes on basically how to elevate it, how to, how to have the flow going this year, um, what we could do to make it a seamless process. Um, even while we were on the Zoom, 
Coach Simmons hopped in um, Latroy's office and he hopped he hopped on the Zoom. So all five of us, we all put our heads together um, to develop a plan to make this really exciting an exciting moment uh, for this year. Um, the planning, getting the uh, videos together, the commercials together. Uh, we knew that we had like a sponsor that was trying to tie in to the the draft and the spring game this year, uh, Tallahassee Memorial Hos Hospital. Uh, they're now Tallahassee Memorial Healthcare. Um, they wanted to tap in this year, so they were able to send videos um, to add for commercials. We got OBC videos to add for commercials. Josh and his team pulled together that interview um, with Coach Simmons for the Investing in Champions commercial and also with Dr. Robinson. Um, so we came together, drafted up a plan, drafted up a, um, a script, and we kind of went through the script. Uh, we met that initial meeting about two weeks ago um, for that. And then from there, we started pulling everything together. We met like one more time today uh, before the draft and everything ended up working out as planned. So we were very excited with the production that uh, got put on today. And it's so funny because we were talking because uh, while the draft is going on, I have my phone out. I'm reading like the com the comments, I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> engaging with like coach Simmons because he's like okay what are they saying now like just trying to tell tell them kind of how the comment section is feeling and I made a joke at with Mr. Vaughn I was just like the, the the people said they love it but they said next year they want to do it in person so they want they want to see the draft happen in person and it's so funny because he was just like every year they come out with like something different that we could uh we could do to elevate this draft so who knows next year it might be in person I know we had to put it in, it. put it, love put it, it. In, put it in Gaither, and just uh, put it in Gaither, and just have a crowd there. You know, what I'm saying, just do something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> no, that that was fun. Yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, what were what were some of the uh, what what were some of the? I mean, you mentioned obviously the commercials, um, as some of one of the new things in the packaging. Any any other anything else maybe that we might have missed? Something that was maybe like minuscule. That was like the big thing I noticed was the commercials, mm -hmm. um, but maybe something else that, that you were like really proud of the way it turned out uh, through the planning process. And then you're like, yeah, that I wasn't sure about it, but seeing how it came out, it really worked. It was great. Um, the part that I was excited to see that I brought, I thought brought like a nice touch was um, besides the commercials was definitely the interviews that, um, Josh Padilla did with the general managers because um, that kind of gave it kind of gave you an insight and a background of like how they were thinking well, who was going to be next so like by their interviews you you could start seeing people's heads turning in the uh in the comments they could say something about oh the top defensive person and then you read the comments and they're shooting off who they think it is. It's like three names in the comments and only one of them is right. But um, just that touch gave you kind of the insight of how the the coaching staff was thinking when they were uh, drafting. Because, of course, they had their meetings before the draft. Um, each coaching staff had their meetings before the draft because they had to get – 
who was going to be on the orange team and who was going to be on the green team as far as the coaching staff. So they started, you know, thinking I, I was like, okay, if they do this person, then they might do this person. And then myself watching it, it flipped. I I thought the quarterbacks were going on the other side compared to different comments, but um, comments that was made by the coaching staff. But that that touch, you know, kind of gave you the insight of how they drafted and why they were drafting who they were drafting. So I thought that was a nice touch this year. Nice, nice. What else we got, Kelvin? Real talk about uh, your fifth and sixth and seventh job you do within athletics, right? Holy cow, um, man! Uh, uh, a small, small department. Um, you know, we have to do a lot of different things. I see you at baseball, softball, <laughs> football, basketball. So just kind of talk about the other part of your job that you do in terms of uh, um, game and, uh, and fan engagement and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the my, I like to say my real job, um, <laughs> the marketing and fan engagement portion. Um, over really kind of the game flow of all how all games are ran, um, heavy on the operations side of things. Um, like you said, we are a small department, so I am a, a department of one. Um, but I have been grateful to have help from um, other areas now. Um, I have my supervisor, Mr. Breon Hagens, he's in so, um. He's been helping a lot um, with the brainstorming process. And also within my area, I have been so fortunate to, um, I will, all credit goes to my assistant from the fall semester, Ms. Kaya Kudjo. Um, she was the, the brains about, uh, behind, sorry, the brains behind doing our internship program. So she came, we went to Mr. Smith and we were asking him, you know, could we do, could we start an internship program? You know, we don't really have help. It's, we don't have the bodies. We have football, basketball, baseball, softball, all of these events going on. And we're two people. <laughs> we, we need, we need some help. So he was just like, yes, draft up a plan, draft up, um, qualifications like how you're going to pick the internships and she was the spearhead behind that um, she got together this this plan of athletic interns um, and presented it to him he was like great I love it let's roll with it so with that interview process we we received students from all over the university um, to help us in certain areas um, as our interns and now we have a team of like like 40 to 50 students um, that can help with different projects going on. Because now, um, actually, a couple weeks ago, it was one day and we had baseball, softball going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, it takes, takes bodies to run the baseball game. It takes bodies to run the softball game. But with the help of the internship program, we could have multiple events going on at one time. And I know, I think I said baseball, softball, It's it's been one time where we've had baseball, softball, and tennis go on at one time. Yep. But having those bodies um, from the internship process, it we can divvy them up and 
I can just hop from place to place to place, making sure like every they're they're good to go. They have everything that they need um, to succeed. And so that is the the baby of my area is that internship program. Um, but like I said, I do um, fan engagement marketing, um, and then I also work closely with Josh and um, communications department. We're like two peas in a pod. Man, that that that's awesome. Yep. I mean, we've been talking about that. That that model is what every HBCU needs to have because you have these inventory of events and games, and you've got hundreds of students who would love to get involved in athletics. And we mm-hmm. keep saying this to every other HBCU athletic department. If you guys don't have an internship program set up, you're failing yourself and the larger community of students who could get real world experience right there on their own campus. Uh, yeah. So uh, props to, to you and, and everybody who, who makes that happen and, and trains these uh, students up. I mean, look, I was a former intern athletics, uh, you know, back in the day, day, day. So yeah, you know, it was, uh, it's awesome. Awesome. Marcus. I uh, also like- love oh, to see ahead. like our interns like elevate. Um, just recently, um, I had one intern, she started with us in the internship, uh, program starting in the fall. She went to, um, the final four and she worked the HBCU, um, event. I saw that. I saw that. Um, she worked the HBCU event at the final four and it almost brought tears to my eyes to like see her on Instagram. She has the headset on. She was just like, I'm ready. Like, you prepared me for this. Like, I can go out here and, you know, run a game, have all the operations stuff together. I know what I'm doing. I'm not, like, blindsided. So she got the opportunity to do that. We've had um, a couple of our interns that have the opportunity to go to Atlanta this weekend to uh, do the HBCU Summit as well. Um, I have one in turn, um, she has actually within our program um, during the football season with the SWAT coming in, um, she had the opportunity to work with them because they needed uh, liaisons for different activations that had that were here for that game, the Southern game. Um, so I put her as a, a liaison for the activation. She connected with them. Um, and then she ended up getting an internship with them. So this summer she'll be going uh, to the SWAC, uh, SWAC's marketing team um, as an intern with them. And I'm just mm. excited to see her grow with that as well. So just seeing them elevate from this program um, and getting internships other places with the knowledge that they learned from here just makes me so excited. Nice. Congratulations. Marcus, give me your final question there for uh, Rhea. Ms. Floyd, I wanted to ask, with the success in year two of the football team draft for the spring game, if there are any other sports that are more amenable to it, I'm mainly thinking Midnight Madness for men's and women's basketball, but perhaps maybe a spring intra-squad scrimmage for baseball, would there be any thoughts to having a similar type draft that gives the fans an opportunity to get to know the players for other sports and football we know football is the the major one typically in the southern region in the south but with the success of all the other sports we're having with baseball softball would there would the draft like format even for intra-squad scrimmage help to not only 
familiarize fans with the play with the players, but is it something that you would consider? Oh, yes, sir. I definitely would consider it. Um, like I said, with the framework that we had from the football um, draft, taking that into basketball season, like you said, with the Midnight Madness, or as we recently called it, Rattler Mania, um, to get the, the draft going there. So like you said, our fans can get the opportunity to learn the new players on the team. Even um, this past year, fan, uh Softball had fan day where they had an orange team and a green team. Mm -hmm. So taking that framework and using it to the softball's teams, like who's on the orange team, who's on the green team, how their team is picked, how they, how they stack up against each other. Um, same thing with baseball when they, like you said, the inner squad scrimmage. Um, just so using that framework to build upon all the other sports, um, it's definitely something that we are interested in doing in the future and, you know, looking forward to doing it as well. Well, thank you. All right. Hey, Rhea, I know it's been a long day, long night. We appreciate you hanging in this late with us. Uh, congratulations to, to you, everybody in the athletic department, everybody in the communications, uh, the cheerleading squad. I mean, we want to continue to celebrate uh, uh, champions. That that's, that's the theme this spring, guys. We, we're going to celebrate champions. We got a lot of champions to, to celebrate so uh, congratulations. I want to give you the last word. Any shout outs you want to give, uh, any plugs, social media, anything you want to let Rattler Nation know about, please. The floor is yours. Um, I'm just going to leave with a, a shout out to, I call them my babies all the time, uh, the, the cheerleading squad. Because um, one thing that a lot of people probably don't know that they didn't see happen is the day before we placed third place, we were in fourth place. And it was nine o'clock at night when we got our rankings, uh, we got our score sheets and the girls, we went out there nine o'clock at night, nine to about 10, 30, 11 o'clock on the beach in a piece of grass. Uh, we reworked elements of the routine to help us elevate to that third place um, position they put their hearts out on that on that mat. Um, I can say we were the – if we weren't the only one, then we were probably uh, one of two or three HBCUs that went out there and hit a perfect routine with zero deductions on both days. So definitely shout out to them. So proud of them. Um, and I couldn't be happier for them. Hey, that's, that's awesome. Well, again, congratulations to uh, – to you, congratulations to the cheerleading squad, and uh, again, we we really enjoyed the draft, and uh, so now we look forward to a great spring game, and and hopefully, every, you know, yeah, that, it should be really fun to kind of to kind of see. Pray that everybody stays healthy. Oh, and we get a chance. oh yeah, please. Just one more thing with the draft. I um one more thing that I think they next year will probably like tune into a little bit more. I know. Reading the comments, we missed out on the reaction from the guys in the locker rooms because um, there were—I don't think there was a camera in the locker rooms this year. But I think the funniest camera view um, that had to happen at the draft is the coaches' war rooms. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> to see the coaches in the war rooms and to hear them cheering, yelling, clapping. If there was a mic in there to hear what they were saying, I think that would have been 
top notch right there. So yes. So um, shout out to everybody that was involved in putting on the draft as well. All right. All right. Uh, any social media plugs you want to give out, Rhea? Um, y'all can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter name is, I'll put it in the chat, but it's at Rhea, R-5-E-Y-A. All right. Well, again, thank you uh, for your time tonight. Congratulations. We appreciate it. And uh, keep us informed. Any projects that come along, give us a shout. Let us know. Uh, so that we can we can publicize it. We do everything we can to uh, keep Rattler Nation uh, abreast of everything, just like all the great people up in the athletics department. So uh, thank you again. All right. Have a good night. Get some rest. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. I sure uh, hopefully, hopefully AD Sykes will let you kind of take the morning off a little, or at least at least till till 11. Maybe she can get till 11. I don't know. I was going to say, back on the ground, we got a spring game this weekend. If you haven't got your tickets, the tickets are on sale. Season tickets go on sale as well on Saturday. Um, and if you have a little time between the spring game, we will also be doing um, a double. We will be playing Solo. softball as well yeah. because softball has their senior day on Saturday. So come out, support the softball team um, as they take on Alabama State and also come out and support the football team. Busy day this weekend. Looking forward to being up in Tallahassee this weekend. Rattler Nation, come home for the spring. Spring homecoming, uh, unofficial, up uh, this weekend uh, in, in Tallahassee. Rhea Floyd, thank you for your time tonight. Uh, everybody hang in there for a quick minute or two. We'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Thank y'all for having me. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Wow, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus Green here. Uh, wherever you're watching the show, please hit that thumbs up button. Um, you know, uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate all of the uh, the comments, uh, you guys, definitely for for coming in and uh, and and support. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Jason Black as well as um, to uh, Rhea Floyd as well so uh wow i i just i i love celebrating us i love celebrating fam you like when excellent yeah, especially, especially when we're doing that thing yes and right now we got some people doing that thing so i'm with you i dog it man ah um yeah a lot of great things celebrating champions all the way around man that that's awesome um all right, let's uh, – Marcus, we got some non-football recruiting information. I know you said you wanted to, to get into that. What Do, do we have – are you are you ready to roll with all, with all of that? I am. I, I don't know. Are we, can we uh, – I don't know. Can I present? I can show, you know, what we have on Google Drive with the different people. We can give it a test. Uh, do you have the ability to do that or do you, do you yeah, there's the, a you, there's a present button down here try, so it, try it hell let's give it a shot i mean we just all saw right. new technology today so you know you can't hit the in broadcast button so uh, <laughs> I, I have that one so everything else will just be kind of on the on the up and up so we'll give it a shot here uh, let me see I don't have slides. I can share a screen, but I only have one monitor. So it's a good with two. Uh, I don't know if it's going to share the same thing. Do you have the? Uh, so let me ask. Do you you put it on a, a Google Drive? Because it is on Google Drive, and I think I shared it with you. You did share it with me. All right, mm-hmm. uh, Kel- Kelvin. Uh, talk about. Uh, let, let's talk about some of the stuff that's upcoming while I try to figure out uh, where Marcus uh, has this. Uh, this information that he shared with me while I try to find it real quick. Uh, what was the file name right. again, Marcus? Um, I have a separate file for volleyball, baseball and softball, track and field. We have a couple people and what's the fourth one? One, two, three. Oh, basketball. All right. I'm, all right. I'm going to try to find this. So, but, uh, so while y'all are working that out, I'm, I'm talking about uh, the baseball program. They got two out of three last week against Jackson State. They lost the first game on on uh what was that Thursday, and then on uh, they did a doubleheader I believe on Friday, mm-hmm. and they won both of those games. So they won two out of three. They did what they need to do. Um, I'm checking the baseball because we were in a three way tie with. Both, both baseball and softball. Ashley was in a three-way tie with Alabama State and and um, Bethune Cookman. 
So the things as of right now, because I know the weather had an impact on some um, last last week. We were able to get all hours in. So um, right now, b- baseball, Alabama State and us are at nine and three. Bethune is at eight and two. They didn't get one of their games in uh, last week. So so we're tied currently a half game back with Alabama State behind Bethune in the East. And this weekend, I, I believe we're on the road. And we have uh, Alabama A&M starting on the 14th for a three-game series. We've already played them at home. We swept them at home. We blew them out at home. Um, two of the games were seven innings. Um, we put up double digits on them. I know that one game that they got in last week, I can't remember who they were playing, but whoever they played, they put double digits on them. So hopefully we'll do like we have done um, in the SWAC this season so far with teams that are at, at the bottom half. We've whooped them. We've swept them. So hopefully, uh, you know, we're in a very tight race at the top. And to stay there, we have to beat the teams that – we, we we need to beat so hopefully we'll get that sweep and hopefully the weather will hold up so we can get those games in yeah th- this weekend I, I think i said this uh when i was on dr Gaville's show the other day we played a bottom team and we we gotta we we gotta win this this is a sweet weekend i believe i mean it's not just two out of three um because i think alabama state is is looking really good mm-hmm. but Bethune as well. The fact that we we lost two or three to Bethune hurts. Um, but but I really I really think this is a sweep. We gotta we gotta sweep uh, Alabama A and M. You know, uh, get them watered down. Don't don't let them get up off the mat and and, and take all three of these this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah. So I, I think it'll be real interesting because it's gonna come down to I, I was I was. Uh, the, the top three, and so these are the latest standings from off the SWAC site. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the top three is going to be what it's going to be, and it's going to come down to the uh, to, to the final weekend. Yeah. It, it really is. It's going to come down to the final weekend. Yep. Yeah. Um, you mentioned – did you mention softball? Because I've got the softball standings as well. Go, go ahead. No, I hadn't got there yet. All right, so th- these are the softball standings. So currently – as you can see in softball, we're now obviously we had the rain out against Alabama A and M, so we 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 lost three games that didn't happen. So obviously that that'll get made up later. But all the while while that was happening, you know Alabama State, you know was winning. They they won now four in a row. Bethune Cookman was winning. So here it is this weekend. This is a big series against Alabama State. Um, we, did we, did we lose two out of three to Alabama state previously when we went up we there? Did. We did. And one of them, we, we actually, yeah. actually two of the, yeah. two of the losses could have been, should have been wins. Am I, if I'm not mistaken. Last, yes. last, last inning. Right. Right. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah, I think the yes. first game we lost, uh, checking the box score, I think we were tied in the bottom of the seventh and they scored a run on the Friday game. And I think we played, was it a doubleheader that Saturday? 
and we won the early game and the late game. We had a lead. I think it was five to nothing. Yep. They came back yep. and took the seven five lead. And I think we scored a run, but and we had somebody on Correct. base. We couldn't push anybody across in the top of the seven. So we ended up losing by one. Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. All right. Um, all right. Any, anything else? Uh, anything else you want to hit in there? And I, I do have uh, the uh, the volleyball. Well, which one do you want to go to, Marcus? I do have them all here. You got track, volleyball, basketball. So I, I've got all of them here. Uh, let's start with volleyball. Because actually, that's right now. I'm, I didn't get a chance to check before the show, but I've been trying to keep an eye on the volleyball transfer portal. And there's a college volleyball website or, or account that has a kind of like what I do, keeps their own spreadsheet to track people. And I haven't seen any, when I checked a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have any family people listed either either as leaving, which is a good thing, or coming in. But I know Coach Gokhan did mention he wanted to. He was looking at a transfer or two in addition to the four high school players. All right. Um, all right. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick peek here at what you got here. All right. So Roll this up. is our yeah. this is our volleyball. Mm-hmm. And so we have four high school signees so far. And so the first one, and I'm going to look at the, my screen. The barrel right there. Yes, Sydney Humes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's five foot six. They typically don't list the weight. From Homewood, Alabama, and she has some accolades. She was a really, she was voted uh, the tw- 2022 AL.com Super All-State Volleyball Team, and part of their Birmingham All-Region Team. And her team you know, had a great record. And they made it to the second round of Class 6A for the North Super Regional. And on the season, you know, she had 676 digs, 68 kills, 75 assists, and 75 aces. And this will be interesting just because uh, I believe we have at least two liberos. And both of them transferred, I think, in 2021 and 2022. The young lady from Grambling came in last year and the year before. Um a young lady uh, transfer in, I don't want to say, I don't think it was Georgia Tech, but she came in from somewhere. So we have two liberos, and I think they still have eligibility left. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The next young lady, uh, Melania, Milana Thornton from Atlanta, and, and Coach Gokhan didn't mention we had two folks from Atlanta. There's another young lady later. She's a middle hitter at six feet. She played for Kennesaw Mountain, and her team made it to the first round of of the playoffs last year in the state of Georgia in class, looks like class 7A. The next signee is the second one from Atlanta, from Whitewater High School in Fayetteville. And she made the class 4A All-State Volleyball team. So once again, we're getting some high school players with some accolades. And her team made it to the state semifinals. And actually, there's a I believe there's a video of her uh, doing or during her signing day. And the last young lady, and I hope I pronounce her name right, Ayani Sanford. Uh, she could be an outside hitter, middle, middle blocker, or opposite. And she's from Choctawatchee High School in Fort Walton Beach. And her team went 23 and six and made the Class 5A FHSAA 
Class 5A regionals in the second round once again uh, in the state of Florida. So we're loading up. I don't know if there's necessarily a position of need per se. I don't recall how many seniors we happen to have on volleyball. I think we're uh, we're losing at least two. I thought we lost six. Didn't we graduate six? Or we, you know, when there, if I recall the picture of mm -hmm. Dominique and some of the uh, Irum, I, I think we lost about. I feel like there were five or six in that in that photo. Okay. I know we lost a couple seniors, but I don't know the exact total number. But it looks like we're reloading. And Coach Gilcon's interview back in December, he did mention he was looking at a couple transfers. But we had four high school signees or, or, or commitments. We had two signees. I guess they all four signed, and it took a little digging to find the information. So we're reloading. All right. Um, so I, oh, I think oh, – go ahead. Your, well, it's 955. I don't know if we want to go to the next one. Maybe we can save it for next week. We can do one. Oh, no. Break. Look, I'm I'm producing tonight. You know, it's on. <laughs> we on we on B's time tonight. So, you know, what they say, we got time today. So, you know, uh, we we we, we want to get it in. <laughs> we we can go ahead and get it in. We on we're not on anybody else's time. So uh, I got track and field and then uh, you, you got you got me basketball on here. So. Uh, let's try track and field. That'll be pretty straightforward. As far as I know, you know, once again, this is based on uh, folks uh, publishing things themselves on Twitter or somewhere else. So once again, you see the socials at the bottom. If you find out any information, feel free to send it. But for track, the only two that, I, that I've come across so far, we did have a couple offers. There's an offer to a young man down in South Florida. But we have a signee from Georgia. Uh, Michael, Michael Simmons, uh, Michael yeah. Simmons uh, from Eastside High School in Covington, Georgia. And last year he was a state champion in the class 5A 200 meters. So in the state championships there. So we're getting someone with some accolades and 200 meters from the state of Georgia. And recently, I want to say within the last week or so, just came across this. I don't have, I have a picture from courtesy of Allison from over on channel 27, Naya Coleman. So we have a, a local young lady from Florida High, and I believe she's cross country from what I could tell. And she made the all Big Ben cross country uh, first team for the Tallahassee Democrat. And I mean, she was picking them up and putting them down. And I'm looking at those times. I, mean, I don't know what you know, I'm just looking at that time, and I'm getting tired of just looking at it. So I know she's running. Uh, what is speaking of track? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the the recruit, the young man that's coming in as football. a football. Uh, yeah, had a, yeah, he's a football player, but also is having a heck of a track season. And the name Robert uh, Robert, Robert uh, Christian Lockhart. 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 Yes, mm -hmm. Lockhart. Uh, Third. Do you? I mean, I don't. I, I don't know how many, and I don't know if we ever asked, and just something to kind of put in the back of our thought process, if we ever do get a chance to talk to him or somebody, do you think, or, or do you guys recall any time where we've had someone that plays football and looks to be as skilled as he is on the track that might be able to do both? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes <clears throat> you're going, going way back. 
I mean, when we was in school, absolutely. Yeah, Howard Huckabee. Howard Huckabee. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I think David is it David Lucas? I remember there was another another person. It was like Howard Huckabee and another person I think that ran track. So this is going back in the late 80s. Okay. And I think yeah, there was I, one I think there was one guy from, who's from my homeboy from Southwest DeKalb. He played, I want to say in the late or like 2003, I want to say the late BJ years, maybe the early uh, Reuben Carter years, um, Omari Crawford. But I think he stuck more with track than football, but I think he did both too. Okay. I mean, it would seem, you know, would seem like, you know, back in the day, you used to, used to hear about guys who, if you were talented enough to possibly play baseball as well as you were football, that you, you found a way to do both. And I, I guess you'd have to be that good, you know, uh, to be able to kind of, to do both, at least in those early years. Now, you know, usually at some point in time, it kind of stops at towards the end. But, you know, I was just kind of well, curious. Well, the, the, the biggest challenge now, Brian, is that, you know, basketball and, and baseball, they're, they're year-round now. So you got players who uh, do the AAU circuits and these, these different tournaments and camps. And so it's a lot difficult for multi-sport stars and a lot of the coaches don't cooperate with kids uh, splitting time as much as it was encouraging our day. Where if you was good enough, you know, you know, and you could win in both of that, the coaches would work it out, you know, and they they, they didn't have an issue with it. Uh, it just really depends. It's kind of hit and miss. Now, uh, I know that our coaches on staff. I know uh, Coach Simmons is very uh, positive and and friendly with. Uh, uh, giving some access to players who may be able to participate in both sports. Of course, when it's football season or spring, he's, you know, you still want your, your kids to be a part of your program um, and, and they learn to get better. But, but, uh, but um, um, by all accounts, um, we're, we're very cooperative in the, when it comes to that. Okay. Um. Let's go through. Uh, let's let's hit up the men and women's basketball here. Uh, let me let me get that uh, page set up here. Um, we'll get set up here with our with our first with our first uh, draft pick here. Well, I, draft pick. I'm still in draft mode. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, our first uh, signee from from basketball, of course. None all other right, than, uh, KJ, KJ Parker. Parker, KJ Parker, out of Winter Haven, and so he's uh, you know he's the real deal. Team made it to the finals, lost to uh, Columbus. Out of Miami by two points, mm-hmm. and um, in Class Seven A, and I was scouring, but I haven't updated. I didn't check to see if he made any all area teams uh, for either local or for the state. So that's to be determined. Um, they've released some teams that I haven't gone back to check to see, but yeah, I a lot of that, that stuff is out. Um, like I know. Yeah, you would have to check. I don't know where Winter Haven would fall. I don't know if that falls into what county is Winter Haven in? Polk? I think it is. And I was trying to check um 
so yeah, I'm trying to check the um, what's that? What's the name of that thing? Um, there might Lakeland. be a, you have to find the Polk or Lakeland Ledger. I was trying to check the yeah. Lakeland Ledger, but once again, that requires a subscription, so I don't know oh, if I can geez. if I could get access. So I'm, I'm trying to see if I can yeah, um, get access that. to those little local yeah, papers. The, the, the way around that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we have to just kind of reach out to the uh, to the coach or or check the timeline. You know, a lot of times on the Twitter timelines either from the winter haven high school or the winter haven basketball program that stuff will 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 get retweeted or put out i i know you know for our school we had a couple guys make all area first team in orlando and you know i'm i'm the guy who kind of oversees a lot of the social media stuff so i mean i i'd may put some stuff out there you know for our guys so and i was a week behind when it actually came out so i'm sure Somebody at Winter Haven High School is doing the same thing if he's on one of those teams. So, but he should be. He should be on somebody's uh, team. Uh, we also who else we got? Morel Moshram out of Chattanooga State. So he's a, a JUCO guard that we've signed. It looks like it may backfill. I don't know information from last week and talking to Coach McCullum. You know, you mentioned you know how recruiting in terms of, and it's it's a good to see a good mix of high school and juco and he also mentioned about um any transfers any i guess a typical transfer say from the division one level i haven't seen any activity there not to say that it hasn't happened but you know i'm just scouring social media to see what pops up so i haven't seen anything as of yet but he's a 6-2-2-10 guard so he's got some heft to him you know, out of cleveland tennessee class of 2020 he did start out at East Tennessee State and then went to the JUCO route, and now he's coming to us. Mm-hmm. All right. So third school. Hopefully this will be the. Hopefully this will be the last one for him. Yes. And a recent signee, hopefully showing up, Colin McAllister out of McClay High School. Mm-hmm. He made the Tallahassee Democrat All Big Ben Boys Basketball Team first team, and I, I think I saw something today where I think the article that um, Gerald did that he's a two-time. Uh, awardee of being on the on the all big Ben team I'm assuming the last two years or so so he's out of McClay his team made it to the regional semifinals and if I understand there was the first district championship in a while mm-hmm. so they beat some of the powerhouses in the class three I think it's region one but I have to check region district for the district championship and then made it to the second round and lost to I think they lost to Florida High again, and we know that one of the guys at Florida High was somebody we offered, um, and, and ended up going to Missouri. He signed with Missouri, so they ended up uh, averaging about 12.1 points per game, about a one and a half rebounds per game, 2.6 assists. I, I went. Back. It's funny. We uh, our school played both of these. Uh, we played Colin and uh, his McClay team. Um, you know, we actually played KJ in Winter Haven's team. So we lost to KJ's team. Now we only lost four games all year, last game, including the net, the, the last game of the year. Right. So we lost four games the entire season. Um, we ended up losing in overtime to Winter Haven. Uh, we, the team that pushed us, uh, but we managed to get a win. It was over the holiday break was McClay. We ended up getting a two point win over McClay and I, I went back and watched a little of the film in that and uh, McAllister he 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 looked and I think I read an article he'll go on as a preferred walk on mm-hmm. uh, initially uh, but but what I like about this 
is he's the kind of young man that you got to have in your program because he's a guy who he loves FAMU. He loves, he loves ball. You know, he, he's going to come in and do what you ask. Um, and, and this is where, look, if you only have 10 or 11 scholarships and you need, you know, three to four preferred walk-ons, this is the kind of preferred walk-on that eventually could earn a scholarship after he gets involved in the weight program, uh, the meal program, as he just continues to develop his game, he's going to be an, a pretty good player. Um, I watched him. He's got a nice shot, nice form. He, he was the uh, – McClay's best player, I think, on that team was a kid who was like 6'5". Um, but he's probably the second or third best kid on that McClay team. And, and I mean, you know, a, a solid point guard, um, you know, knows how to handle himself, knows when to get his shot off. He's got a quick, he's got a quick release, which is another thing I like good form. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he, he there, there's a lot of things that, that can grow uh, from, from a guy, from a young man like this. And, and so you gotta have, you gotta have some good kids. You gotta have some good character kids in your program that are going to want to come in to work. And so, you know, you, you might get some other guys in there who might be rated this and rated that. But at the end of the day, it, it'll be a guy like Colin McAllister who will become a fan favorite and become one of the hardest working guys on the team. And it's a great connection to the community, which is what our programs, I know, I know I've kind of, you know, scoffed at a little bit, but in all honesty, we, we do have to find a way to get more of the local Tallahassee talent to come to FAMU. I don't care if it's preferred walk on or the last scholarship that you got in the drawer, but we got, we got to reach out and get some of the local people, uh, in there uh ea said what meal program be, be quiet ea be quiet um <laughs> what meal program somebody's meal program uh all right any, any other basketball guys nope let's go to women's basketball here uh marcus we had a fall signee uh sydney hendrix she's out of uh metro detroit or greater detroit Whereas Bloomfield is not really in in the city, it's one of the outlying suburbs. But her squad is, is nice. West Bloomfield High School they won the state title last year. Okay. In okay. class, let me see what class that was. And I guess they have more uh, like divisions. So it's like Division One. Uh, so I guess the highest classification they won the state title in twenty one twenty two, and they were in the finals this year and lost. Oh, I want to say like two or three points. And they do have some, they have a set of twins that are like the headliners that are going to Michigan State. But she held her own. And you can see she has some accolades. She was voted M Lives. Uh, She's Metro Detroit. Too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Got that's some good. size to her. Mm -hmm. And so she won the all, she was on the all Metro team, dream team, second, second team for the M Live dream team. And she made uh, all State. Uh, let me double check. She did make. Oh, I'm sorry. The Detroit News All Area Team for the North North section of the city. She made the first team there. All right. West Bloomfield Public School, right? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> All right. And actually, her mom played ball at Stanford in the early '90s for okay. Tara Van. 
I can never Vanderveer. pronounce it. Vanderveer. Vanderveer. Yes. She's still who's still there, by the way. So who's still coaching at Stanford? <laughs> so that's uh that's awesome. Yeah. So mm -hmm. she's got some she she's got some uh, lineage there. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. And right. we have two commitments, uh, both of whom are played for Daytona State College down in Daytona Beach. Mm -hmm. uh, one young lady is from uh, Nashani Gilbert. She's a guard forward. Yep, Nashani Gilbert. Yep, five ten mm -hmm. mm -hmm, guard forward. And she was um, she made the All Central Conference first team this past year for the Florida College System Activities Association. I guess that's the the collection, the collective division for the JUCOs for basketball. So she made first team All Conference. And while she was in high school, uh, she was play. She was uh, nominate or not nominated. She won or was voted player of the year for Oxbridge High School coming out class of 2020. And so, you know, she has some accolades to her, not only in high school, but coming out of uh, college. And secondly, one of her teammates, and I just saw this this week and props to, I think it was HBCU Sports and, and News that brought this up. Uh, Haley Brennan, also out of Florida out of uh, mainland high school class of 2022 so both of them then their signing day is tomorrow i've forgotten the exact time i want to say i believe it's between 10 30 and 11. so both have verbally committed to famu and so we'll be able to confirm that tomorrow at the daytona state college signing ceremony that they're going to have and it'd be it'd be nice to be able to have a 6-2 that uh that's got a little bit of game um that can get up and down the floor um and and play and i i will say i'll go back and say about uh nashani gilbert uh just looking at the stats she she was the go-to player for uh daytona daytona beach uh state uh i i had text uh, assistant coach uh wheeler after i saw the news and they were really excited uh, to have her, you know, in the, you know, make the commitment because I mean, she was, she was definitely about 15, uh, 15 a game. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a still building process. I mean, mm -hmm. look, I know the recruiting weekend just started the past weekend. And so coaches are out. Uh, I, I don't know the whole calendar, but anyway, it's, uh, you know they they're out there doing doing a good job. Is any uh, any others, Marcus, or was that that it? Because really, we you know we talked about non-football. So uh, uh, well, we do have baseball, softball. Oh, you got if you we can hold. Yeah, we can. Yeah, let's hold that. Let's hold that for. Yeah, let's hold that for next week. Hold that for for next week and and give us something to uh, to chew on uh, for next week. Um, all right. So just a quick rundown. Uh, you already mentioned Kelvin baseball, got a road series at Alabama A&M softball hosting Alabama state this weekend. Uh, golf has the SWAC championships beginning Monday, uh, Monday through Wednesday, uh, Flowood, Mississippi. Um, you know, I saw that they just competed, this past weekend, uh, so that you know, hopefully the team is is primed and ready to go. 
Um, you know, the they also stuff. they also had a, a, a an signee uh, commitment from a uh, I saw high that. caliber a high caliber guy. I believe he was out like Alabama. I can't remember for sure, but I know that he was like the second or third best uh, player uh, wherever he was from. So I saw that. uh, that's I saw that. that's coach that's coach Rice being coach Rice because he still has a young team. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Most of his team is coming back also. Yes. Let me. I think he he committed a while ago. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I thought I read see. something about him committing in 2022. Yes. Something to that effect. I, I, I missed what all the details were on that, but um, yeah. And, and that's, so, uh, that's that's a possible team. That's a possible team that could bring on another Springs championship to FAMU. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that's what's in the hunt. I mean, we got a chance. And then, of course, uh, tennis. Well, we'll have a chance to talk next week. You know, tennis's tournament is next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about tennis uh, on next week's show as they get ready to head to uh, New Orleans. No, uh, just a quick update on the golf. The gentleman's name is Quincy Litter, and apparently he signed in December because the, the Family Athletics page has a link. It has a story about him. yeah. Yep, so Quincy Litter. But also there was a signing in February on signing day for football. We did sign another golf player, Taylor Bell, out of Childs High School. All right. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Um, Of course, all the hype will be talking uh, about spring football this upcoming uh, weekend. We'll take a look at the the final rosters. We'll probably be out in the morning, you know. uh, And so when we uh, and and just a little heads up, everybody, we will be in Tallahassee Saturday morning doing a live show. Myself, Kelvin will be there. Uh, We're looking, we're inviting some other guests. I'm sure that we'll have on. We'll let you know exactly where we'll be when we know where we'll be. Uh, so we'll put, <laughs> we'll put that out. We'll put that out maybe tomorrow. And uh, But we'll be there doing a pre-show and probably a post-show. It depends on how, how long was the spring game last year, about two hours? If they keep it two and to, a half, yeah. Yeah, if they keep it to within two hours – and I know there's going to be some post-game interviews with, with the players and coaches. We, we may be able to get together and do a post-show. If we don't do a post-show, obviously we'll do the wrap-up the following Wednesday. But our efforts will be to do a Saturday morning pre-show live from Tallahassee. We'll let you know exactly where. So make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone, so you can see where we'll be at. Uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, in Tallahassee this weekend. I, I'm looking forward to not only checking that game out, but getting over to the uh, softball field uh, to, to check out our softball team. Uh, as uh, Rhea Floyd said, it's senior night, uh, so we gotta we gotta look in and see how many seniors we got. Uh, who, who who is celebrating their senior? night uh on saturday uh and so we'll get to do we'll go to all i gotta bring some good shoes man it's gonna be gonna be one of them long days in tallahassee on saturday so um i'm looking forward to it though looking forward to it uh remember admission to get into the game on saturday is 15 dollars uh that's the admission cost 
We got to sell it out. I'm still thinking we can get 10. You guys are a little less optimistic. I still think 10,000 is possible. That's just me. I'm hoping 10,000. So, you know, let's let's be ready to come out and tailgate. The game is at 2 o'clock. Come out, tailgate. Let's have some fun. Uh, if if uh, we're still kind of waiting to see if our if our shirts come in, but if you do get your shirt, uh, your what up boy t-shirts, then that that's the creep. You got to wear that Saturday. If the shirts come in, uh, we we got to wear our Kofi tribute t-shirts uh, to the spring game on Saturday. If if they come in in time, uh, if not, we'll kind of we'll kind of figure out another day to all kind of meet up in Tallahassee and, and wear them and such. But uh, that's uh, that's kind of what that's pretty much all I got. Uh, Kelvin, uh, what else, what else you got? Anything to close it out for tonight? Nope, I think we we covered it all. Just glad, thank everybody for watching. And um, as you can see, man, we I, I we our group of guests that we've had over the last three four weeks, we always have great guests. But you know, we try to bring you know target some folks that are in some sports that are less vis- less visible. But as you can see, are just as talented and led by excellent folks. So we're going to continue to to try to bring you the content. And if you you got any suggestions, shoot us an email. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, We had a couple, I know I had a couple people hit us up on uh, Twitter uh, earlier in the week about some people. Uh, So we're, we're, we are working on that and seeing if we can to get those individuals uh, as well. Marcus, what do you got to close us out tonight? I just thankful for everybody being consistent and faithful and watching our program, hoping helping it grow. And as you see family athletics grow, you're going to see the ONG strike soon. ONG strike zone do as well. Um, I'll I'll end the show by just sending another reminder to folks um, that there's still an opportunities to uh, to donate to the uh, to the family of our friend, our brother Kofi Hemingway. Uh, just go to the GoFundMe page by searching Kofi Hemingway. Uh, the cash app is there as well. You can still donate. Doesn't matter. Five, 10, 20, you know, uh, 18, 87, what, whatever's on your heart and mind. Uh, every donation helps and until I see that we've reached that goal that was set up by, by Vaughn. Uh, we'll continue to publicize and, uh, you know, continue to let the, you know, just keep the family lifted up in prayers. And, uh, we'll, we'll have some, uh, I know I've been, I feel like I've been kind of lax in getting me some of the, the Kofi segments it mixed into the show. We, I'll work on that in the next week, kind of learning some new software today. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the presentation of the show. And then I, now that I know a few more things, I can actually add in, uh, some of those, uh, some of those, uh, clips, some of those, uh, some of those uh, great Kofi moments. Damn uh, you day at the Capitol tomorrow. Thank you, Montre Bennett. Uh, really important that even though some of us may be pessimistic about things, we still have to go and make our voice known. We have to let this administration, we have to let these politicians, these legislators know uh, of FAMU's value and worth uh, for this into this state. So family day at the Capitol is tomorrow. Please go. If you're able to go, 
uh, and, and support. Uh, I hope that a great contingent of students, uh, faculty, alumni converge on Tallahassee tomorrow. Uh, I love to see the videos and love to see the images of what tomorrow's day at the Capitol is like. Uh, so that's going to do it for uh, tonight's show. Uh, thank you guys for for watching us. Um, that's it. I'm make sure I got to push the right buttons here. All right, so that's going to do it uh, for for Marcus and Kelvin. I'm Brian. Thank you, Dr. Jason Black. Thank you, Rhea Floyd. Thank you, Rattler Nation. Everybody on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Be ready for the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere, anywhere you listen and download the podcast, and go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN and my BCSN is where you can find us. Uh, we'll see you Saturday in Tallahassee, folks. Uh, be well, be safe, and make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Good night, Rattler Nation. Thank you.